0: Welcome to Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore, and I am pleased to be here with you. We get together twice a week to chew on God's Word, give you a peek into our own minds and hearts and what we are going through, and hopefully that is an encouraging process for you and uh, maybe even a little entertaining, depending on how tired we are. Because sometimes we record these in the afternoons, after lunch, which is the sleepy time. Everyone knows that. This week we've got Sean Duncan.
1: <laughs> oh, that's good. I am. And I'm not hearing myself. Oh, now I hear myself.
0: I, uh, <laughs> it's a long story, not worth repeating. I don't want to hear it anyway. <laughs> Sean's had lunch. He's feeling sleepy and sassy. I did actually have lunch today. Did you? Mm-hmm. Do you usually skip lunch? Yeah. You owe Mad one meal a day?
1: No. No. Okay. I'm never mad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sean, never mad, Duncan. <laughs> um, Sean, I enjoy this so much. I enjoy <laughs> s- sitting down with you and talking about God's word. So, Good. what have you brought
1: this week? I brought back the same thing that I brought last time, mm. which is the story of Noah and the flood. Yes. Okay, dear listener, go back to episode. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> We'll insert, ah, yes, it, we'll insert a number <laughs> later. It's like three episodes ago or something yeah. like that. Uh, but we talked about Noah and the flood mm-hmm. and I made a very compelling case <laughs> that, the sto- <laughs> that the story of Noah and the flood and the ark uh-huh. uh, is a story that is supposed to teach us mm-hmm. that we need salvation. yeah, And that salvation comes by God's grace through faith In the promised Messiah, who we know to be Jesus, so go back and listen to that one. Yeah, I listened to it and I was like, "Dang, this is good." good. (laughs) Which, like, not out of not not out of ego, uh, not out of narcissism. I was just like, I don't know. We had recorded it, and then it was days later. Yeah, and I just listened to our Eat the Scroll podcast because honestly, I hear my coworkers talk more. By listening to this podcast than yeah. just in like general conversation. Yep. Um, so I'll just listen to it and it was the next one. So I listened to it on my drive to the gym and I was like, Wow, oh, that's pretty good. That's cool. That's cool. And I was like encouraging myself. So yeah, there you go. Um, it's probably the same, honestly the same experience that people have when they journal. And mm-hmm. then they go back and they read their journal and they're like, Oh wow, that was really good. It's like, okay, that's the same thing as Sean listening to his own podcast. <laughs>
0: Okay. He records affirmations for himself. Uh, so
1: I just want to pick up back on <laughs> Great. that idea that the flood story mm-hmm. uh, is a story that teaches us about salvation by God's grace through faith and the promise deliver who's the Messiah, who we know to be Jesus. Uh, and just look at a component of that. Great. In the story. Okay. So last time we talked about the whole setup. God creates some awesome real estate. Humanity totally messes it up and they suck. <laughs> <laughs> I do recall this. Yep. Uh, so, so there's like, their spiritual beings taking women for their wives and everyone is evil in their heart and the intention all the way down to the depths of their being. It's just, it's such a mess. Yeah. But then there's this guy, Noah, and, um, before you know anything about Noah, you know what God declares about him, which mm-hmm. because of God's grace, he declares Noah to be blameless and righteous. Yeah, And even in the story, we see that Noah's righteousness doesn't save him. He needs an ark. Mm-hmm. He needs in an ark. Um, so I want to look at the ark. Today okay. And just explore that. So just a reminder, like, these stories, they are telling us about real things. Mm-hmm. That really happened. Mm-hmm. But the purpose purpose of the stories are not merely to recount a historic event yep as we see paul is saying that in second in timothy chapter 3 verse 15 the purpose is to make us wise for salvation right. through faith in the messiah who's jesus so um they're not just recounting history although they are more importantly though they are teaching us something hmm So sometimes, uh, which is, this is a discipline, which is like historic reconstruction, Mm -hmm. where we have a text and we want to reconstruct the historic event that preceded the text. That's behind the text. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a scholarly discipline and something that we need um, both in the church and then academically to um, support the church. We We need that. But it's not the historic event that was the inspired text. Mm-hmm. So the text is written in such a way to do something in us and to form us. And faith comes through hearing the word. Yeah. So it's the word that I want to pay attention to um, pastorally. So I'm going to read the next section of the flood story. Okay. And it's all about the ark. Mm. And we're just going to talk about the ark because it's so weird Yeah. in the story. Um, ESV, they have little headers, not inspired text, but just like trying to guide you. And they call it Noah and the Flood. It should be called Noah and the ark because there's one verse about the flood and then all the other verses are about the ark. But here it is. Nice try. So then I'm going to react to the ark. Okay. Okay, here we go. Starting in Genesis 6 verse 9. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God and Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Wicked. That word never showed up.
0: No. What did he say?
1: Specifically?
0: Yeah. Wick, evil, wickedness, <laughs> bad, debauchery, <laughs> sin. Come
1: on, Chris. Pay attention <sighs> with me. Uh, I think you did say one of <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Yeah. Actually, now that I'm looking at it, you said none of the words. I have to say, okay. yeah, I don't have my Bible in front of me. I'm it's bad. corrupt. Okay. Remember that word? I do uh, remember that all all right, was The back earth was corrupt in the sight of God and filled with violence. Mm hmm. God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted their yep. way. Corrupt, corrupt, corrupt. Okay. And then again, verse thirteen: I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence. Mm-hmm. All right, so violence and corruption. Corruption is language about like um, clean, unclean, and violence is you know the opposite of peace. It's it's to, to hurt and to harm. Yeah. Uh, so not a good situation. So God is going. He says, "Behold, I will." destroy them, that is all flesh, I will destroy them with the earth. Mm. He's going to use the thing that humanity has corrupted. Does that make sense? So yeah. Um the earth was corrupted. The earth was filled with violence. God saw the earth and it was corrupted because flesh corrupted their way on the earth. Yeah. So it's the thing that humanity has corrupted mm-hmm. is now going to be the thing that God uses to destroy humanity. Okay. All right. So what they corrupted mm-hmm. is going to become the instrument of their destruction.
0: Now, would I be right to see some similarities or parallels to like how Assyria and Babylon are described mm-hmm. as instruments for God's discipline?
1: Uh, maybe flesh
0: it out a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I don't have a reference in my head, but that he used those nations that were wicked nations mm-hmm. to discipline
1: Israel. Um, Maybe you could be making that connections, but maybe the easier one would be like Romans one that God gave them over to their own oh, desires. Sure. God gave them over to the, their own impulses. God gave them over to their own decisions mm-hmm. Um, or the depiction in uh, it's either in Daniel um, three or four. But when Nebuchadnezzar is sinning against God and um, his own sin turns him into like this non human beast thing, mm-hmm. so either he could have humbled himself and recognized God as the sovereign king, or God would humble him. Mm-hmm. So it's like his own sin becomes his destruction. So the very thing that humanity has done, which is to corrupt and destroy the earth, now the earth is going to become the instrument of their own destruction. Yeah. Uh, this is like really early seedbeds of what, oh man, this is such a tangent. We shouldn't even go down this road. Maybe we'll do another episode and <laughs> okay. we'll talk about this. Okay. The seedbed of the concept of hell in the New Testament. Okay, This is all starting here, okay. right here. That humanity's decision becomes their own eternal destruction. Mm-hmm. But that seedbed starts here. You can pick it up later with the Valley of Hinnom and the book of Jeremiah. And then that's the, the term that's used for hell in the New Testament. Anyways, okay. Maybe we'll do another podcast. Yeah, I like it. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> Back to the story though. So God's going to destroy all flesh using the earth. That's all he says about the floods so far. Now he totally turns. And here's verse fourteen. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood, make rooms in the ark, and cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you are to make it. The length of the ark, three hundred cubits. Its breadth 50 cubits and its height 30 cubits make a roof for the ark and finish it uh, finish it to the cubit above and set the door of the ark in its side make it with lower second and third decks for behold i will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breath of life under heaven Everything that is on the earth shall die, but I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you, and of every living thing of all flesh you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female, of the birds according to their kinds, and of the animals according to their kinds, and of every creeping thing of the ground according to its kind. two of every sort shall come in to you and keep them alive also take with you every sort of food that is eaten and store it up it shall serve as food for you and for them noah did this he did all that god commanded him end of chapter six those are the only descriptions (laughs) and instructions of the ark that you get seems like it might be a little bit more elaborate (laughs) (laughs) okay so um Let's enter into historic reconstruction for a moment. What is the Ark? A boat? It's a giant boat. Yeah. Great. It's a big, giant boat. And why does he need a boat? It's going to rain. Because it's going to rain. There's going to be a really big flood. Mm -hmm. Great. So there's our historic reconstruction. However, the descriptions of the Ark in the text do not resemble a boat at all. Mm. Okay. So what? I mean, I'm not a sailor. You're not a sailor, but I ain't no dummy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do boats typically have? Sails. Maybe sails mm-hmm. or maybe rudders mm-hmm. or maybe oars or maybe, you know, like a point in the front. Yeah. Instead of the way it's described here, which it, it only gives uh, the three-dimensional distinctions of length, height, and width. It's a big old box. It sounds like a big old box. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't say like, make the bow of the boat. Mm-hmm. This says none of those things. Now, surely if we're doing historical reconstruction, he's probably making some sort of boat or maybe not. Um, but the point is not the historic moment, but how it's described in this text. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is the only instructions he got. And he just made this. Also, the door is on the side yeah. Uh, have you ever seen a boat with the door on the side? No, it's like mm. usually you go up onto the deck because you want the side to be like one full thing so that water doesn't get in. Right. So these are weird descriptions. I'm just trying to point out they're really weird descriptions. Yeah. There are no sails mentioned, no rudders, no oars, no no way to steer or dictate the direction or the outcome of this Massive object in the midst <laughs> of the turbulent and chaotic seas of death. Yeah. So, in other words, the instructions that Noah is given is for an ark. Interesting, the word ark. We can come back to that. He's given instructions for an ark, which is going to be absolutely 125% <laughs> in the sovereign hands of God. Yeah he has no say on the outcome of this thing. Mm-hmm. It's just gonna be tossed in the sea and he has to trust God's provision. Yeah. And, and it says Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. It, it would be like saying, hey, uh, Chris, your place of work is gonna be burned down and your uh, wife needs you at home at five to help with the kids. Mm-hmm. So I need you to build a car. i need you to build a car it's gonna be eight feet long by three feet wide by four feet tall one metal box (laughs) and attach wheels to it perfect and that's it and then you're just just supposed to get in it yeah and like what push it down the hill and hope you end up at home (laughs) i mean that this is a this is a call for some radical faith Mm-hmm. In, in God's, not only God's promise, but God's provision and God's protection mm-hmm. that he will providentially protect his people and get them to the destination that he sees fit, which is A, alive, and B, when you get to chapter 8, 9, the top of a new creation mountain mm-hmm. for humanity to restart. Um, so just looking at the ark, I think mm-hmm. Noah's ark, Noah and the flood, the way the story is being told, you're being set up to trust god for yeah. salvation yeah. yeah that's what i'm trying, trying to show you mm-hmm. so as i think about noah and the ark and then all my kid books that are known the ark i wish they would just paint a box <laughs> that'd be great because i think it, it would communicate this i this concept of faith like way better of mm-hmm. like oh my gosh this yes. like what if the that box absurd what if the box flipped upside down like yeah. just one wave could topple a box pretty easily all those animals dead. Mm -hmm. And now you don't have the animals anymore. So there's so much protection in the story from God, but you got to trust God to protect you. Yeah. Um, And if you ever got instructions to build a boat like this, you'd be, you would probably think the person giving you instructions is a lunatic. Right. But for Noah to trust him and to do it, Mm -hmm. that is a display of radical and sincere faith. And that's what the author of Hebrews is keying into is Noah's faith in the story.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then we analog that with with Christ in Peter and we see how that same faith is illustrated in Christ as the ark for humanity to escape the wrath of God.
1: Oh, you're referring to Peter's letter. Yes. Not Peter the person. Dude. No, <laughs> thank you for clarifying. I was clarifying. like, which story of Peter is <laughs> Wait, he <a> referring <laughs> to? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we're all called to have a, a faith like this. It, it's, it's kind of, ridiculous when you think about it when the promise of god is that if you sincerely trust jesus that his death was a sufficient substitute for the penalty that you deserve Mm -hmm. and that his righteousness was superior to anything that you could accomplish for yourself and it's credited to you by god through your faith and through this faith you are saved from eternal hell mm-hmm. and you will have eternal, unending, marvelous, glorious life with God. That sounds pretty crazy. <laughs> that sounds crazy, Chris. Lord, can't I build a rudder? <laughs> At least I mean, a rudder and a wheel. <laughs> it's almost harder to think about that than like, yeah, build a box that's gonna float. At least I'd be in the box. Yeah. You know, but I have no tangible box to get in. Yeah. So it's an exercise of faith. hmm But when you really believe that that gospel promise is true, even though it seems foolish to the world, Mm -hmm. it is God's wisdom and it is his power to save those who believe. Yeah. It is our ark. So there you have it. That's great. Noah in the ark, a story of radical faith for salvation in the promise of God, (laughs) teaching me of how to be saved as well. Yeah. That's incredible. Well,
0: listener, hopefully that was encouraging to you and uh, opens up your eyes a little bit to how stories that we're all familiar with if we've grown up in the church um, actually have a profound truth attached to them. Yeah. You know, it, This is a story of God delivering Noah and it is an incredible, miraculous story of God carrying animals and food and people and replanting humanity. But it's a story that points
1: forward. Yeah. And here's, um, let me... Let me be explicit with what I'm trying to do here. I'm actually appealing for a more literal face value reading of the text. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes people would hear this and be like oh you're you're abandoning a face value or or literal meaning of the text. yeah but actually to to picture in your mind a i don't know like a pirate ship or something like mm-hmm. with, with sails and rudders and oars and a bow and stuff like that that's actually departing from the face value read. like the face value reading of this text the way it's being presented in, in a literal way is like it just sounds like a weird box <laughs> <laughs> yeah sap covered box. so i'm trying to see yeah what and what the heck is the sap <laughs> what does it mean to cover cover it with a, a lid or a mm-hmm. It was just like what yeah. like i'm i'm trying to appeal for a more literal face value reading of this text and when we do that all of a sudden it draws us into seeing it the way i think the author of Hebrews did, which is a story about saving faith.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Did you want to zig and zag to Ark and Ark? You made a reference to the fact that it's called an Ark.
1: Uh, let's just do another episode. Okay. Yeah. Great. Dear listener until <laughs> next time.
0: You are in for a treat. All right, listener. Hopefully you were encouraged by that. We're going to cut this short. Because we've got two more, I think.
1: Yeah, sounds lined like
0: it. Up. We'll keep it going. We'll keep it going. All right, we'll get you on the next episode. Bye. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week. So please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples.